Dear Apple. Oh no, not one of those videos. No, 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 no. Okay. How about three things I really, really dislike? Uh, tax, US to Australian dollar conversion, and Apple tax. All right, welcome everyone. My name's Chris, and I hope you're well. Now, before I get into this hopefully fun video about Apple's latest announcements, I need to remind you that my subscriber giveaway has only a few weeks left. Giveaway? Tell me more. So, to win an e-gift card of your choice, simply subscribe, like any of the weekly Tech 5 videos, they're out every Wednesday and Friday, or more often if I can, and put in the comments, hashtag winner. So that if you've done all those things by December 9, good luck and you can get yourself like a $50 voucher. All right, so let's do this. A few weeks ago, Apple proudly unveiled an updated version of the MacBook Air, Mac Mini, and iPad Pro. In general, I was really impressed. Good looking devices, once again, define the tone and cues that everyone will be copying for years to come. Thankful USB-C for the iPad Pro. Now, if they'd only do the same for the other products, <coughs> Lightning Connector, <coughs> everyone really welcomed the 8th generation Intel chips, which may or may not be an issue. Multi cores for the Mini, all great stuff, but price hikes all around. Wait, what? Yeah, so here's the thing. Apple has always been known as the more expensive brand, especially here in Australia. You see, for us Aussies, we only have, um, we only have to not only pay like everyone else, a premium for Apple products, but also endure high prices for technology like petrol, cars, or you name it, everything. So, some boffins tend to blame the US dollar, higher wages, and our remoteness, but the reality is, no, we pay more for no good reason. Let me explain. Have you ever heard of the Big Mac Index? Invented by The Economist in 1986, it provides a simplified indicator of a country's individual purchasing power by comparing a country's Big Mac prices. The Big Mac is Mac's top-selling burger and is used as a comparison because it's available in almost every country and it's manufactured in a standardized size, composition and quality. As countries have different currencies, a good way to tell how expensive something is is to use a Big Mac. Prices typically against the latest exchange rate, so like US dollars. And I've put a link down below so you can have a bit of a play yourself and understand just how maybe how under or overvalued your currency is. Are you getting hungry? Just hang on a second. For this Dear Apple rant, I'm going to use the latest data from The Economist to show you how indeed we're paying way too much for Apple stuff. Assumptions, Big Mac is now our base comparator. In the US, a Big Mac costs like $5.51, in Australia, $6.05. It's like a 9% difference. Pretty close in fact since like 2008, and the Big Mac price difference has been very similar in both countries. So, let's apply this knowledge to the MacBook Air. The base model is 1,199 Big Macs, and in Australia it's 1,849. That's 650 different, like 42%, not 9%. So you can see that already expensive adult products in the US of A are even more expensive in Australia. Yes, internet citizens, it hurts, I know. So to be fair to Apple, let's repeat the exercise with actual currency conversion. 
Today, the Aussie dollar is at 72 cents, which means the cheapest air costs $1,589 plus change. But wait, we have goods and service tax of 10%, so let's apply that. $1,747, now we're getting closer. But that's still $100 less than what Apple wants for it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we affectionately call the Apple tax, and it sucks. And it could be several hundred dollars, depending on what you buy. But I'm getting away from a main issue here. And that is, Apple used to be more price competitive and offered a great alternative to PCs and other manufacturers. But since 2016, or 2015, when they introduced like the new uh, Magic Mouse and the new keyboard and touch thing, they started increasing the prices dramatically. And don't get me started on iPhone prices. So please, step into my time machine and let me show you what I mean. Starting with the third generation iPad Pro, Apple did something unusual here by dropping the price of the larger one when they introduced the smaller variant. This is like in 2016. But quite clear, the jump from 4% to 25% year on year is insane. Some would argue, but Chris, the new iPad has got a better display, the internal chips, built-in charging for the pen and more. But to this I say, but does it actually cost Apple that much more, like 25% more? No. Let's try another one, the new MacBook Air, which hasn't had a really good update in far too long, but let's do this anyway. Again, yet another massive jump on this new Retina display, fingerprint sensor, and love all had a butterfly keyboard. And the internals, uh, are they really worth an almost 21% price hike? Some would say, yes, absolutely, it's smaller, it's lighter, it's faster. Or you'd like me thinking, where's the SD card reader, the other ports? You know, Apple really gave us the finger by giving a big, like a bigger battery, but they should have packed in the high wattage charge like they used to. I don't know. It's a desirable laptop, and if you're in the market for an Apple device, you've got some tough choices to make. What would you choose? The Air, MacBook, or Pro? And yes, my American friends, these prices are correct and eye-watering. And you can see the problem. They're all amazingly close, except of course the more expensive Pro with the 2.3 gigahertz quad-core processor and the 256 gigs of storage. But I put it on here just for the fun of it. So what's my point? You see, what I haven't mentioned thus far is that in years past, Apple used to drop its outgoing models by $100 or more, depending on what we are looking at. But this time around, no. Not so for you. Instead, they're maintaining old prices, which should definitely be steering well clear of. I mean, come on, Apple, the old MacBook Air for $14.99? Are you kidding me? It's always been overpriced. And you know what? For that much money, I could get like an Asus ZenBook UX430UM, which has an eighth generation Intel uh, i5 chip, 512 gigs of data, and a full HD display. And amazing how this thing looks remarkably like an Apple, eh? Sadly, and as much as I hate to say it, Apple is making itself irrelevant to consumers who have helped it gain its trillion dollar position. They're pricing themselves out of their range and have already, without admitting it, started to lose market dominance. In their last quarterly earnings report, they warranty declared that they're not going to share quarterly unit sales of the iPhone, iPad, and Mac, starting with the first fiscal quarter of 2019. To quote Apple CFO Luca Mazzaretti, or Mazzaretti, can't pronounce that. 
As demonstrated by our financial performance in recent years, the number of units sold in any 90 day period is not necessarily representative of the underlying strength of our business. Uh, yes it is, and anyone who manages performance knows that output units against labor costs is an important metric and that by hiding this number, the market will speculate and assume the worst. You mark my words, come April next year when Apple announces its uh, next earnings report, sales and profits will be up, but the stock market will pull them down because of this decision. Like uncertainty, fear, uncertainty, doubt, FUD is what the stock market thrives on. Ultimately, what Apple is doing is hiding its declining number of units sold due to higher purchase prices. This ploy is well known, especially if you have market saturation. So how do you make up for this decreased revenue? You could make your workforce smaller, use cheaper parts or remove them altogether because, well, you're brave. Uh, like headphone jack, anyone? Fast charger packed in with the $1,800 fancy phone? No, no, don't worry about it. What Apple is doing is simply increasing the cost of each unit and maintaining prices of outgoing stock for even longer. And this annoys me, especially in Australia, where we pay a premium for tech already. You see, I love most of Apple's devices. They operate well, require minimal massaging to keep them going. You've got great support from the Genius Bars. And OS and Final Cut Pro are well polished and something that I enjoy using. When there are plenty of other great manufacturers out there producing better tablets, laptops, desktops, it's hard to recommend Apple to family and friends. So Apple, if you're watching, here's my advice. Remove the Apple tax, drop prices of outgoing models like you used to, create a clear price difference of your products, keep iterating and creating great products like you used to, and lastly, put more inputs and outputs on your devices, please. Dongle life sucks and users will try it once and vow never to go back to your devices again. So I guarantee you'll lose customers if you do, if you keep going like you are. So what do you think? Do I have it right? Do you live outside the US of A and also experience the Apple tax? Maybe it happens in America too. How do you think the decline in the market is going? I think it's really happening. So please put your comments down below. I'd love to hear from you. And hey, thanks for watching so far. If you haven't already, consider subscribing, share this on your socials, and don't forget about that competition. And Definitely, stay techie.